you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Anol Bhattacharya. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of BBN Mixtape. We are going to discuss today brand strategy influence on revenue pipeline. One of my clients once told me that brand is like a nail and advertising is a hammer. If your nail is blunt, you will need much more force with your hammer to get things done. At the era of sophistication, specialization and globally distributed teams, we have two camps in marketing now, brand marketers and performance marketers. And often we see the miscommunication between two sides. To remind the performance marketers about the relevance and importance of brand strategy, we have Roger Jones as our guest today. Roger is the brand strategy director of Better and heads the BAM task team at BBN. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anol. In my role, I have the responsibility to to manage and execute our uh, brand asset management or BAM model. It's our process for ensuring that our clients build effective and uh, powerful brands. Great. So let's let's uh, get into that and 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 cover the basic that. What are the key, key pillars of uh, effective brand strategy? How do we start? Yeah, it, it's great. It's really it's really at the heart of the the model uh, and all that we use brand asset management. So I'll explain it this way. There's there's really five pillars, and uh, they go in sequence, but they may change a little bit depending on the particular needs. But but the basics of it is you've got to start with discovery. You've got to come in objectively and understand the marketplace, understand the customers, and in B2B, understand both the rational and emotional motivations of your customers. A lot of times in B2B, that emotional connection is missed. You know, it's all about performance. It's all about data. Well, it's not. It's also about making emotional connections with people. And in that discovery step, a very key pillar, it's also about understanding how to differentiate your brand from the competition. The second pillar is future identity and position. You've got to have a good sense of what you want your brand to be known for. You've got to take it apart, and understand what you have to offer, the rational benefits, the emotional benefits, the very purpose of the brand, the essence of the brand, and then very importantly, the position, what space you want to own in the marketplace. And then the third pillar, often often not thought of because the way many companies are structured, you know, there's individual product managers and she or he have the responsibility for their product. So the third pillar is portfolio strategy. You've really got to have a holistic approach to how you present the portfolio offering. And this is beyond products. It can be services as well to make sure that you have that organized in a way that's going to be a good experience for customers and prospects. And the fourth pillar is we call audience needs. 
this is where the intersection comes between the brand strategy and the and the key target audiences. This is where you're creating buyer's journeys, brand stories, key messages. They're really, really key for creating that bridge into marketing. And then the fifth and final pillar we believe very strongly in is internal activation. Uh, especially in B2B, where often the sale has to be closed with a human being, with a sales representative. You know, these are not products often in B2B that you buy off the shelf. So you've got to have internal buy-in. So those, those are the five that we live by and find to be very effective in developing brand strategies. Great, uh, Roger. And as you know that I am one of your students uh, who learned brand bam from you. So I'm pretty familiar with that. Now, when I come to the performance marketer side or the people who are responsible for lead generation, nurturing and things like that, the tactical side of marketing, what does some misconceptions they have you tend to face regarding the brand strategy? Uh, yeah, no, great, great question. And, and we see that a lot and all. And, and one I always start with is empathy and sensitivity towards the pressure they're under. They are under untold pressure for sales. They're usually measured by quarter. They've got targets they've got to deliver. So, of course, they're going to be focused on short term. But there's a very, very important connection to short term and long term. So some of the things that they might not really see is the connection that long term branding has benefits for short term. Tell you what I mean, that, you know, if you get a long term branding initiative in play, you're going to be able to help support short term. And you're also going to be able to have more, you know, pricing and negotiating power. You know, brands are a great strategy for protecting against just keeping the focus on pricing, that you can build the story on value, take some of that pressure off, you know, forcing the pricing down. Uh, the other thing it allows you to do is long term is that, you know, a lot of the short term is aimed at current customers, get more sales, get more share of customers, get more share of customer. Well, you, then you're missing that whole part of the world that is not a customer, yet they are still viable prospects. So the longer term branding provides options within the categories that you play in. You know, if you're not at the top of the funnel as a, a consideration, you're not going to come out at the bottom. So it, it helps with keeping the, the rest of that population that are not current customers uh, in, in, the, in the funnel as a, as a prospect. The other thing, too, that uh, it's, it's been particularly drawn attention in, in these, this day and age, but it's always out there, and that is, uh, you know, it helps with talent acquisition. You know, people want to work for, for strong, powerful brands, and those long-term investments really help reinforce talent acquisition. So I think that that's what I see in all, that, um, you know, the pressure that they're under uh, kind of blinds them, if you will, to some of the long-term benefits, and that's what we try to uh, share with them to get that balance right. Yeah, you need short-term, but you need long-term too. Uh, absolutely. And even though short-term or uh, campaign-centric mindset, I believe that some of the thing uh, what BAM produces, 
the brand strategy they can directly use in their uh, in their work so what are the components of a properly crafted brand strategy that can help to grow that revenue pipeline for those performance marketers yeah no great great point and one of the things that we're very keen on in uh, brand management is that you have to have you know tangible outcomes deliverables that you can apply uh, and we called it brand asset management because it's respectful of businesses. Businesses have a lot of assets to manage, uh, and uh, a brand is an asset to manage. So to be able to do that, you're going to need to do uh, a couple things, and that is you need to take one uh, kind of a disciplined approach. As I say, you know, we're often talking to business leaders and, you know, they these are women and men that are in charge of people, in charge of technology, in charge of processes, factories, and they go through a lot of due diligence. You need to use and apply some of that same due diligence in crafting a, a brand strategy. Uh, at the front, we talked about these pillars and that it's really at the heart of what it takes to craft a, a proper brand strategy. You've got to start objectively. You've got to get those marketplace insights, the uh, generic pressure, competitive pressure, pricing pressure, and then get insights into your target audiences and uh, really understand what motivates them both uh, from, a, from a business perspective, but also from a, a personal perspective. And what's very key at that stage is to find out where you've got parity and where you've got differentiation to go in, you know, eyes wide open to see where you have a competitive advantage. Uh, and if you don't, then find another angle in to attract the attention of your customers and prospects. Uh, the, the other aspect is, as I mentioned earlier, is you've, you've got to have a strong sense and uh, a definition of the brand. As we always say, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So make sure that there's continuity in the approach, engage people throughout the organization to build the strategy so that they believe in it and they are all cognizant of the position that you want to own. Another key component is is to ensure, as I, as I said, that you've got to do it holistically. Make sure you're doing it in connection with everything that's in your portfolio. Or you could create unwanted conflicts. You know, you could be competing against yourself inadvertently. Uh, and then the great part is to find synergies where you can uh, cross-sell and market your products even stronger together. And we find that happens a lot because product managers usually have responsibility for their products and they're missing some cross-selling opportunities which a portfolio strategy can deliver. Uh, and then messaging, messaging is so key, you know, that is a key component. And certainly that's that's one that, that everybody can apply. And then I, I would just close it off by making sure that um, as they approach their brand strategy, they're remembering their their people. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest investment a company has in the payroll, and each and every one of them can become an ambassador for the brand. So that that's kind of the uh, uh, overview and all of, of these components that you need to be able to effectively manage and execute a brand.
Right. And, and, and that's kind of an answer, kind of my next question. So I will go into a little detail of that. That uh, it seems like one of the key to get the consistent brand story out in the market um, is to have a proper internal activation. Now, how, how a company uh, should do that, should approach that? Most of the time is like, you know, with the help of outside consultant, uh, the uh, brand strategy is developed. And then kind of there is a huge gap between that brand strategy and delivering it to the internal audience. So how the co a company should go ahead and plan for that? Well, uh, you, you've, you've given a hint at the answer <laughs> in your question, and that is plan for it. And we have made it part of our brand model. I described the pillars at the, at the beginning. And the, and the fifth pillar is internal activation. And what I've seen over the years and all is that it, it, it is often an afterthought that as we get the strategy built, you just kind of take it for granted that people are going to buy into the brand strategy. And they may or they may not, or they're going to in different degrees. So the first step is plan for it. Build it into your brand strategy development program. Uh, and there are plenty of studies out there that, that, that we see and we keep track of and we know from our experience that, you know, engagement does impact performance. It, it can impact profitability. It can impact productivity. It can impact the customer ratings, whatever metrics you're using for customer satisfaction. And we know from the research and our experience that, you know, engaged employees can have an impact on organizational performance. And so when you can get them engaged in the brand strategy, you're going to have empowered them to, to be advocates for you. So when I say plan for it, what does that mean? We take an approach where we treat the, the internal publics the same as we would prospects and customers. We want to understand their motivations. Yes, they have to show up. They have to work. They've got <laughs> careers and they, they, they need their paycheck. But more than that, you know, particularly if you're trying to get them behind a brand. So start with understanding their motivation. And then we'll look at how to move them along from, you know, everyone is, or not everyone, most people are familiar with this idea of a buyer's journey. We do an employee's journey. We take a look at what it means to be aware about your company's brand, then to understand it, then to really believe in it, and then the fourth step is to be a champion. So manage them. Understand that they're not going to wake up and be a champion. Know how to nurture them and move that through with the appropriate messaging and activities. So in, in defining their, their uh, path through that journey, you're also going to find out what your objectives need to be at each one. And then you can define the strategies and even define the tactics. And, and what we find is that this isn't a major execution expense because all organizations already have channels in place. They've got newsletters, they've got blogs, they've got ways to disseminate information. But what we need to help them with is getting the right brand information out to their uh, internal publics to secure them as uh, really ambassadors. So it's it's a very powerful a very powerful step. And uh, if you think of the persuasiveness of of humans, if they really believe in something, they can be 
massively persuasive. So um, that that's that's a uh, that's the approach that we take to ensure that you can harness the power of employees. That's that's great. Um, so here is a problem we face many times when we are approaching companies that everyone understands there is a value of brand and it's a biggest asset, as you mentioned, it's a brand asset management. Um, but when it comes to quantify things and we have some issues that we can't really point a figure that, you know, this is how we can measure the impact of brand in the company's business. So how, how do you think that we should approach that? We can't just directly relate dollar and cents end of the revenue funnel. What should we measure? Right. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, a, a great question. And it's driven by a business's passion to have metrics to measure. And it, it um, can be one that uh, in the absence of that data, then it's just conjecture and hearsay and whatnot. So really the key, and there's there's not a silver bullet on this and all because each company's a little bit different, but in in our practice, we find that really key to that is having some baseline brand equity scores. So what's brand equity? Well, uh, and you you know this it does take an investment. It would take an investment in market research to get these metrics. Um, and the the key aspects of brand equity, the biggies are a, a consistent measure on awareness, and then familiarity, exactly what it sounds like, how familiar they can be aware of the brand, but how familiar are they really with it? And then user satisfaction. Um, that's so crucial to, to track. And then the fourth one, which is really kind of tied to loyalty is future intent. What are your future purchase intents? That's where you can get a measure of, are they loyal to us or are they just going to move to the next, uh, option with, within the category? And a fifth one that is a, a nice, um, metric to have. And, and says a lot about a person's attitude towards a brand is willingness to recommend. I may use it, I may lo- be loyal to it, but I will I recommend it to a peer? Will I recommend it to a friend? Uh, so that, that can be a very strong measure. And, and another one we see some clients use uh, because in B2B, it, it's more than just the product, it's also the whole sales process. And that is uh, a degree of ease of doing business with, with that particular brand. So if you can get those metrics and when you get those metrics, another key one and clients that do it on a consistent basis then have a means to to manage the performance of their brand is get get that benchmark and then repeat the study if it's every 12 months or 18 months or 24 months whatever the the dynamics of your market might be uh, to see how you're doing Uh, and if you can get um, get that on a consistent basis uh, then you'll 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 be able to determine your brand health uh, and the, the healthier it is, the stronger connections it's going to make with customers. And it kind of goes back to the, the beginning. You know, that's a long-term investment to make sure that you're getting the short-term sales that you need. Awesome, Roger. It seems like we are reaching the time limit for the episode. Uh, thank you very much for sharing some great insights 
with our listeners today. You're welcome, and all. It's my pleasure. And that's all for today, folks. Until the next episode, stay safe and happy marketing. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five-star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you, and we will talk in the next episode.